podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, it's Grant KSU and you're listening to the Bosco Boys Podcast. We went over on time a little bit, but we had some technical difficulties, so uh, eh, what are you going to do about it? I hope you guys enjoy the show, buckle up, and welcome to the Bosco Boys Podcast. Hello? Can you hear me, Scott? Yes, I, I can hear you. Let's okay. try this again. Well, we've already had some extreme technical difficulties. We lost our entire intro and an entire segment. So guess what? We're re-recording because we love you guys so much. We, That's we what love we're doing. you. We and love now, you so luckily, much. I'm sitting here watching the NIT quarterfinal with Oklahoma State and Western Kentucky. And I'm going to be watching that while we're doing that. So that's pretty cool. Oklahoma State's... Not playing well. They're, they're going to lose, probably. But anyways, um, hey, my name is Grant. Grant underscore KSU, and I'm sitting here with my boy, Scott Wildcat. Um, yeah, so you're not actually... This is the Bosco Boys. This is Bosco Boys Podcast. Welcome aboard. Yeah, and you're not actually sitting with me, because unlike when we taped That's the true. entire podcast... I'm lying. I'm, the, I'm lying to the people. I'm all the way back up in the Northland here in KC Mo. Now we're, um, we are using NASA technology to re-record this. Um, yeah, the we, technology we, we're using. We is recorded. Insane. I mean, we recorded part of our podcast, and it just uh, well it just disappeared. So I don't really know what happened to it, but we're going to record it again. Uh, this is Bosco Boys Podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're extremely honored. We hope that you and- will stay on board with us. Yep, and as as I'm sure you know, this is a K-State Sports podcast, but something we are going to try to do every pod, or at least every pod, is just us two in Kansas City. We're going to try to go around to the different uh, breweries here in Kansas City and yeah. uh, drink different beers. We're going to we feature record. a beer. Feature a beer. Feature a beer. We're going to you know try to spread the wealth across the different breweries. Today's beer was the Smoke Ritual from Double Shift. It was a smoked uh, Belgian quad beer. It was delicious, and uh, now that I'm back home, I really wish I had some more of that while we are re-recording. I know. It was great. I woke up. I I worked nights. I slept all day. I woke up immediately, just drunk a 10-ounce, not 10-ounce, 10% alcohol beer, and that's what we started off with. So it it was great, and I can't wait to – I love Double Shift. That's like – it's easily my favorite brewery in Kansas City at this point. Um, I'm excited to explore more breweries and feature some more beers, but we're starting off with Double Shift. Shout out to Double Shift. Now let's move on to the Creighton game. Um, we got to cover our bases pretty quickly here since we're re-recording and because we're idiots. Let's talk about Creighton, Scott. Marcus Foster, that was the big storyline. How did that yeah. play out? That was the narrative, and if you look at true storylines of the first round across the entire tournament, that was one of the bigger ones that got some national play. I I felt a little bad even in the lead-up for to both him and Bruce Weber because I'm sure both of them were just trying to prepare for the game, but uh, media, after the selection show, uh, all the pregame media, postgame media, it was all about you know Marcus Foster, former cat, Bruce Weber, Hey, did you send them away? It uh, it had to get so tired for both of them. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. Part of me felt bad, but you know, as a K State fan, I I can't help but think that 
part of that might have gotten into Marcus Foster's head. He never really seemed into the game. And you couple that with Barry Brown, which, as you have called him, the Bear Trap. Hashtag Bear Trap, by the way. That's his, new, that's his new nickname, by the way. Hashtag that is, Bear Trap. I mean, he's a Bear Trap. That, that is the nickname. But he put him in his pocket. Uh, there was one, one bucket early in the second half where Mike McGurl got uh, switched on him. He got an easy layup and then a junk three late in the game. But outside of that, he literally did nothing. He didn't do anything, and I, I do feel like the occasion probably got um, the most of him. It, it, that's at least what it seemed like. He was pressing from the very beginning. He was chucking up some pretty bad shots early on, combined with you know the fact that he is going against probably the best, one of the best defenders in the country. So that doesn't help him. But I do feel like the occasion got the best of him, and it was kind of brutal for me to watch because I love Marcus Foster, and I felt like he was really pressing. And it was kind of sad for him to see, you know, his career kind of end that way. But I don't know. I mean, let's most let's talk about Mike McGurl. I mean, yeah, Mike McGurl got borderline. The man, the man is a cult, cult legend. I mean, yeah. he's a cult I hero. Mean, he, that 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 toss back three to end the half. Creighton went on a little run. The man, towards the, end of the, the man, half. the man casually just uh, just dropped a dropped, stroke to forty footer. Yeah. <laughs> and and not only that, but then he goes from barely being played the entire season to eclipsing his to- points total for the entire season in one game. I love Mike McGraw, man. I, I he's he's got such a big future with K State. I think. I mean, if he's going to be around for four years, look out. I mean, not only is he like the thing about I love the thing I love about Mike McGraw the most is he's so calm. It's, he's been thrown in to the absolute deepest end possible. I mean, he played, what, KU in the semifinals? And what, he just gets tossed into a, uh, a first-round NCAA tournament game? He's played 40-plus minutes, maybe? And he he's so poised. I mean, that's, that's like the number one thing I've noticed about Michael Girls, his poise. He's so calm on the floor. He's maybe turned the ball over once. I can think of – he had one turnover and two – probably the biggest games of the year where he tried to toss it over to Mike or not Mike Mac Mayween and it went out of bounds. But other than, otherwise I feel extremely comfortable with him having the ball opposed to sadly, sadly opposed to our other point guards. He seems, I feel very comfortable if he's carrying the ball. Like I don't feel like we're going to turn it over. Yeah. And it's not only that calmness, but I think if you go back and rewatch that Creighton game, he had more swagger than anyone on the court. He That's is why super swaggy. That's why I like him. I want to see a guy who has barely played at all this season comes out and just swags all over the court. And I just want to touch on something real quick. Mm-hmm. The position Mike McGurl was put in this season, it, it, it was not ideal. I'm not going to It's about as tough as it gets. And, yeah, I'm not going to bash Bruce Weber for the management of that because I think he did what – you had to do, but through the entire non-conference season, through the first few Big 12 games, the plan was to redshirt Mike McGurl. Cam Stokes goes down versus Texas Tech. Yeah, We decided to pull the redshirt, but even then, he barely played. If, right. you, if you go back and tell the minutes, maybe not even 40 minutes before that Creighton game, then he turns around and has a Colt Legend game, 
And that's the type of game that even even if he didn't turn into a major player, which that's not my prediction. I think when it's all said and done, he has a great career. But even if that was the peak of his moment, that's the game where you're sitting in uh, senior night where Gene Taylor is handing him the frame jersey and you look to whoever you came to the game with and you say, hey, remember that game versus Creighton? He's had that moment. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing Remember when he stroked that 40-foot bomb? It, it was amazing. And then – when we're talking about point guards, I do want to give a quick shout out to a guy who sadly has been a whipping boy since he came back from injury and took a lot of flack during that UMBC game, Cam Stokes. I don't know what happens in that game if he doesn't come out and score seven quick points to start the game. And I think I don't either. I mean, I've I've on record been giving Cam a lot of trouble. I mean, and it's not just me. I think a lot of people have given Cam trouble because he's had a rough year. He's been super inconsistent. And obviously, being injured, it's very tough to come back from injury. But, you know, with his with his history, he's been somewhat of a streaky player. But we got the right streak with Cam in the Creighton game. I mean, he just came out, shot up seven. And he, you know, when he hit that three early, it was like it was like something clicked in his head. And the confidence just switched because I saw him drive to the basket and he shook some guy and it was like, I've never seen Cam drive like that before. He doesn't get to the basket very well. He's not a very good, like, uh, at the basket, strong finisher. And he just shook some dude, laid it in. It was like, wow, we are in, we're, we're in for a good night because Cam was, Cam just blasted seven straight points, like, immediately. I think that is the key. If you are going to depend on Cam Stokes, to play a big role. And this goes for even in the Kentucky game, which we touch on later. If you are going to depend on him, I think a major key is getting him involved, getting him involved early and getting that confidence going. Because if he's not involved early, he shut, he, he really does shut down. He's a very emotional player and you need to keep him on the right foot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I mean, against Kentucky, he's probably going to start, right? Yep, I would think so. So we should, I don't know, if you want to get the best out of Cam, maybe we should open up some plays for him, see if he can get some, hit some shots early, and let's see if we can get the best Cam out of that game. But I don't yeah, know. I, I, I have a feeling that, you know, I have a feeling Cardi, Cardi D is going to be big in that game because he, he's a big boy, 6'4". We're going to need his length big time, trust me. But we'll get to that. We'll get to the, uh, we will get to the Kentucky preview later. Yep, and as we're wrapping up this uh, Creighton game, I just want to touch on the fact real quick. Marcus Foster, he showed some real maturity. When he's getting subbed out for the last time in his college career, he ran over, gave a hug to Bruce Weber, dapped up the assistant coaches and Shane Southwell, and he walked out. I just want to, before we move on to the next one, just give one last shout-out to Marcus Foster. Hey, you had a great career. I think you're going to make a living playing pro ball, whether it's in the NBA, Europe, or whatever. You know, thanks for the two years, and I wish you the best of luck. And if you're listening to this, you're welcome on the pod any day. Wow. Please come to the pod, Marcus Foster. But, yes, I do agree with you 100%. Uh, if you don't like Marcus Foster, you're a proper weirdo. Uh, yeah, Foster has – Just turn off the pod if you don't like yeah, him. Don't, we don't, don't, don't listen to the pod. Don't follow us. You're, you're an idiot. Um, if you don't like Marcus Foster, one of the most fun players in the last decade, honestly, at K-State, then – I mean, what, why are you falling to school? Foster had a, a bit of trouble, sure, but you know what? Sometimes it doesn't work out, and I'm happy to see that he turned his stuff around. And the dude is going to play some pro ball. I don't know if it's going to be in the league or not, but 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. The man is he can score, so we'll see. Best of luck to Marcus Foster. Swaggy two, I think on Twitter. Follow Swaggy two. Give him your love, K State fans. All right, let's move on to UMBC. So let's just touch briefly on the Virginia upset and how absolutely absurd that was. The scale of the yeah, upset I'm- is astronomical. That's honestly, I mean, if we think back in history, just like in all, literally all of sports, that's probably like, I mean, that's probably top five upset. Yeah, I, it cannot be debated. It is 100% the biggest upset in college basketball history. I saw some hot takes wanting to talk about Chaminade over Virginia, who I have to have the label as perpetual bottlers at this point. They are bottlers. Uh, but part of the idea of upsets are not just what the stat guys say, oh, this was the biggest upset, or Vegas, oh, this was the biggest underdog. It's the circumstances around it. The fact that you are now the first school to accomplish something and it's in a single elimination tournament, that makes it the number one college basketball upset. And the only thing that comes to my mind is the miracle on ice uh, in the Olympics. Yeah, I saw that reference. Yeah, miracle on ice. There's a couple other ones, but off the top of my head, I can't remember what to compare them to. And let's just take one second that not only is it the biggest upset in college basketball history, but it directly benefited our Kansas State Wildcats. Yes, and that was incredible. I was absolutely stoked about that, and that's why it was so important because it created one of my favorite narratives of all time. We are now one of the bigger villains in the country, and that never happens for us. I know. I, was, I, was, I went back to Topeka to watch this game with my dad, and all Sunday afternoon after church, we got home and we were talking. I couldn't come up with one major time that K-State was the villain in a national story. Never. I can't think of a single time. I remember it's like, always... I, I was watching the game. <laughs> I, I remember just thinking that that was going to happen basically in the middle of the Virginia UMBC game. I was, I was at my girlfriend's house, and I was trying to tell her about like the scale of this upset. Just not on not on just a college basketball level, but on like literally the history of all sports level. This is one of the biggest we're watching history. I was like, you have to watch this game. We're watching we're watching history unfold. This is one of the biggest upsets of all time. And if it actually happens, literally everyone is going to hate so hard K State. <laughs> and, and I was so won't... excited about it. I was just like, I can't wait oh. to be us against the world. I've out of everything in the world, I was put on this earth to be a Twitter villain. And I took to that and I, I enjoyed Yeah, me too. I've been banned like three times. I, <laughs> I have never enjoyed a build-up to a game more because not only do you get into weird Twitter fights with an amazingly run Twitter account. Yes, way. shout out to that guy. At, He's an elite Twitter yeah. man. I think, it, I think it was at UMBC Sports. I don't know. Yeah, I don't that remember. was great. But then, but then you're getting in fights before, during, and after the game with every single sports fan in the world. They've changed their tune, though. That I don't know if everyone's changed their tune. At least UMBC has. They've got us big time, hoping that we beat Kentucky, and I agree with them. So let's talk about the game. Yeah. 
the game was honestly objectively disgusting. One of the one of the most like horrible games I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely hideous basketball. But if you love defense, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I cannot think of an uglier basketball game that I've seen at the collegiate level. It looked at some points like a middle school basketball game. But <laughs> I played middle school basketball and I can confirm that is what it looks like. It took everything unsexy about how both these teams played and put it into one. The way UMBC won versus Virginia was they played better defense than they did, and they're, they chucked threes and they went in. I mean, they, they stroked. They were butter from deep oh, that whole game. I mean, but, but then you take K-State's defense, which statistically through two games in the NCAA tournament is the runaway best defense in this tournament. Yeah, we're, and you I think we got exerted. Uh, what? Shout out to KSU fan for this stat. What is his Twitter? KSU underscore fan, one of my favorite Twitter followers. Uh, Our defensive efficiency is like in the tournament, it's 0.77 points per possession, which is like by far and away the number one in the the, uh, tournament right now. Yeah, and we we exerted our will on this team. And let's not let's not defensively. (laughs) Yes, defensively. Let's let's call it like it is. UMBC is a 16 seed. They, They're not a good basketball team. And we made sure, at least on the offensive end, the entire nation saw how bad they can be. We were for I and, mean, man, thinking back on the game, we were fairly fortunate because we both had those lengthy droughts. And they, I remember they had like probably three corner three-pointers that were completely uncontested that they just happened to miss. If they hit those, I don't know if we're talking about Sweet 16 today. That That's true. We, let's, not, let's not get away from the fact that we did allow some uncontested three looks. They didn't go in, but on ball defending that game, we had the second most steals that we had all season. The only game that we had more, I believe, was versus American, which was one of the worst teams in the nation. Our defense came out. We made them look like the small school that they are. But on the other hand, our offense Not was good. abysmal. It was abysmal. It was abysmal. Um, we looked a little sped up. I mean, obviously, <laughs> historically, K-State rarely performs well on the big stage literally just across the board, whether it's basketball, football. If we have a big national stage where the media's hyping something, we're probably going to play poorly. And offensively, we reflected that. But, you know, we hit the shots that mattered. Big big time X stepped up at the end. And, uh, I mean, he was otherwise, you know, offensively struggling, as he kind of has been towards the second half of the season. Um Hasn't really found a shot for quite a while, but had probably three of like my favorite basketball plays, just boom, 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 right in a row of all time. Especially that yeah, you could, dunk. Yeah, you could make an argument that those three buckets that he made, he first just stole a ball, went coast to coast, threw down jam, which then I resulted love X. in I love it. What? Oh yeah, what resulted in one of the greatest K State basketball photos in recent memory of him. Hanging on the rim, showing off the bottom of those swaggy sneakers. Oh my god, those, those are sick. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll do a sneaker cast later in the summer, but those <laughs> yeah. shoes 
just hot. Uh, but <laughs> so you have that dunk. You have a tip dunk that I don't know how he got that high up. It seemed like he elevated for a full second. I don't know how the- basketball players are able to do that. I mean, like, and, uh, I see put down, put back dunks, and it's like, how in the hell? Obviously, they have just an absurd amount of athleticism, but the timing that seems to just always work out, it's like, and for that one in particular, the ball, when he jumped, the ball was like above. It was at the top was, of, yeah. It was above backboard. the backboard, and he caught it almost at the top of the backboard, it seems like. Just slammed it down, and then my man stupid. Is, my man has a 60-inch oh. vertical. He's absurd. Well, and stupid ass Jim Nance was trying to say that. Oh, was that basket interference? Go to hell! If you can jump that high and throw it down, I don't care where the ball is. You can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, and then the jumper right down in the corner as time is expiring on the shot clock. That's his ex- game, dude. He's got to like channel into that game, that mid range, that mid range game. Because when he's firing, yeah. firing from the mid range, his whole game comes together. He's got to stop yeah. forcing threes, in my opinion. Yeah, and when, when the wide-open shot comes, I, I believe shooters shoot, and I think when it's all said and done, his final year at Casey, I think, I think he can be a 40% three-point shooter. I, I think it's, he could, It's just too. not falling. It's just not falling right now. And he surely, he certainly has the confidence. Yes, and, and that's fine. I don't ever want him to lose that confidence, but I would love – to see him in this Kentucky game, which we'll talk about a little bit later, to shoot mid-range jumpers and try to tear the rim down at least four times with dunks. He's going to be massive in this Kentucky game. All right, let's talk about how Barry absolutely just locked down Lyles again. Hashtag bear trap. Um, yes, the bear really trap didn't came talk out much about it. He just he did what he does. Barry shut him down, and that guy looked lost, honestly, for most of the game. He was, he was missing. He was shooting similar shots to what he – had against Virginia, but feels like Barry just had him kind of kind of rattled with his in your face D hashtag bear trap. Uh, yeah, Lyles didn't I make do. any noise. Mara, that little dude, Mara was really their like MVP. Oh. Who honestly, I'm that, giving I'm giving no respect to Mara. Screw him, dude. He's he's bad. He's a bad basketball player. I don't care how fast he is. He's bad. Yeah, it it, it is amazing to see, and this this is even more of a you know a, a surprise to see him actually throw get shots down versus UVA this kid I and for those of you who don't know me in real life I am a short fat kid and I guarantee I would look down on this guy he is the shortest basketball player I've seen play I'm short and I think I'm basketball. taller I yeah I think they list him as like five nine there's no way there's zero chance he is five nine and he's he's a scrappy player no doubt, but I, I, I agree with you. He's I a scrappy player, but I, you know what he is? He's a 16-seed basketball player. I mean, he's just not yeah, He's not but, good. People but, like were, people are all over him. It's like, come on. That, it was just the true. occasion. That, that, it was the occasion. He's the type of player that's just like, he's, he's unreal quick, so it makes it difficult, but if you just don't get sucked into the lane, you, will, you could just stand there and block any shot he has. I mean, he's tiny. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Get into that narrative of, of being all about Mara. Boo. Boo Mara. No, that's my that's yeah, my opinion. I, I agree. He he should never be the story. It it honestly the second biggest story outside of Lyles should have been the crazy guys who never played who 
owned every press conference they were in and yeah, dude, talking that, about Fortnite. The, guy the, the bleach blonde the hair guy. That guy was that guy was cool. Oh, he, he yeah, he no, absolutely shot. Chesty. He was shooting his shot. Oh yeah, and and you know what? He'll he'll go down in internet history. Uh, but back to the game. Uh, how crazy was it to be on Twitter and everywhere you looked were people trying to say that K State had a conspiracy working in their favor. It basically took the Iowa State football game oh my God, and yeah. magnified it by a thousand. Everywhere the whole nation looked, was Iowa State football fans. It was it, it was hilarious. I enjoyed every second. Well, it was of funny it. because it was like the entire. I mean, on my Twitter feed, I was seeing a lot of K State people being like, "Okay, they're missing a lot of calls." And then the nation, the nation had the the complete opposite, the complete opposite agenda. So obviously that's yeah. that's not atypical. But I thought personally, I thought the game was pretty poorly called both ways in the first half, at least. I mean, they missed some egregious. There were some egregious no calls against UMBC early on, and then in the second half, they kind of like, you know, there were those back to back charges that were complete nonsense. I don't know. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like one sided in at all, in my opinion. I, I do not. This podcast will never be one that rails on referees, and I just want to put this on the record. I think out of every sport there is, college basketball is the toughest to referee. People who ever yeah, think probably that there's a conspiracy. Anyone who thinks there's a conspiracy that oh the refs are in for this team. Get all the way out of here. I, I know this has ne- this is going on a rant outside of this game, but if you're a ref conspiracy theorist, get a new hobby, start a podcast. Like you're a beta. You're, in the you're world. a beta boy loser if you think that. Yeah, it, yeah. Anyone who ever sits back and thinks that the refs are on unless the you're team. living in uh, Italy and you cheer yes. for in the Serie yes. Serie A, yeah, and you're watching Italian soccer, Italian refs football, are on the then. Tank. Well, you have a you have a point, but hey, you cats. Every, every, we gotta we gotta we gotta move this along here. Cats are in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, Sweet Sixteen. Who would have thought? And I've I've year, heard some people quick. being like, "Yeah, they haven't played anyone." Well, it's like, what the, what the hell do you want us to do? All right, we've beaten the people in front of us. It's a tournament. That's literally all we can do. It's not like we're talking about non-con schedule where if if we're playing UMBC and we're beating UMBC and we're bragging about it, it's like. We're not. This is the NCAA tournament. UMBC beat Virginia fair and square, and we just we just pumped UMBC, and now we're on to Kentucky. So yeah, have we played a favor more favorable schedule? Sure, but our entire region is absolute chaos. So I don't know why people are bringing that up. Now, anyone who brings up the path we took to get to the Sweet Sixteen is looking for some sort of narrative to get into some sort of internet pissing contest because fact of the matter is this is a single elimination tournament if you're pretending that this doesn't happen if not every year every other year that someone just has a path laid in front of them you're not watching anyone who is doing that as a hot take merchant who's just trying to get clicks everyone's talking about how kentucky's got the easiest path to the final four and it's like you know what actually the the purple cats have the easiest easiest path to the final four baby because we're gonna do it I don't know quite about that, and I'm sure we'll touch about it later. But, now uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on because uh, we are 
we obviously have absolutely no um, idea how to run a podcast. These these segments keep running like ten minutes longer than I want them to, but that's okay, dude. We're gonna we're figuring it out, hey, guys. We're figuring it our, out. This is our this is our first run through it, and I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. The is too. I've got a decent so now, buzz going. Um, thank you, Double Shift. Thank you, Double Shift. Shout out to Double Shift, my personal favorite brewery in Kansas City. Now I need to see some more breweries, but Double Shift is it's great. It's unique. They put out some really hey, cool hey, beers. Let, let's uh, if we can figure out how to edit this podcast, let's let's get rid of that point just in case someone wants to sponsor us. I'm gonna keep it in because I love Double Shift. All right, we're moving on. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk about Kentucky next. We're gonna break down the Sweet 16 game. Let's do it. Yeah. So I don't think that there is a matchup even Virginia included in this bracket that when I looked at it and said, this is going to be bad. I, I'm not going to pretend that I've put a ton of analysis into this, but I've watched Kentucky throughout the season. I have watched every K-State game. K-State has had a ton, a ton of problems with uber-talented teams this year. We don't have a signature win. Uh, TCU is probably our best win. And don't get me wrong, two wins over the Horn Frogs, it's a, it, that's good. But Kentucky is going to walk out there with at least five guys who are going to be NBA draft picks. It's all going to come down to, in my opinion, how much Dean Wade is able to play. What can he give us? Can Barry Brown continue his stellar defensive run? Can Xavier Sneed start hitting some outside shots? Can we hold them under 70? These are all questions that I don't know the answer to, and I'm not feeling real confident. I know you put a lot of time and effort into some analysis in the Kentucky games over the last couple days. What are your thoughts on it? I did put in a lot of time, and you're not wrong with those feelings. Um, so who is Kentucky? You know, What do we know? What should we expect? As a team, they're young. They've been super inconsistent in year, this year. They're very long, very athletic, pretty, pretty good defensive team. They don't seem to like run as much as they have in the past, but they're definitely capable of it. In terms of size, they're they're huge. I mean, very long. They're starting five. The shortest guy they're going to have is going to be six five. So they're much bigger than we are, definitely across the board. Um, they're on a pretty big hot streak right now. They've won five in a row. Nine out of their last ten, including their conference tournament championship, they upset Tennessee. Um, we know Coach Cal has a ton of tournament experience, and he typically plays pretty well to their. The, Kentucky typically under Coach Cal plays well to their seed. He's never ever lost to a team that is more than one seed below him. So that's kind of scary, but. Hey, those those types of statistics are meant to be meant to be broken, right? Yeah, I you know as as a K State fan, you hope that eventually averages you know correct themselves. I don't know how many coaches who have been in the tournament as much as Coach Cal has can say they haven't lost to a seed more than one below them. That yeah, that's it's, insane. It's a that's pretty crazy insane. statistic, but. So let's break down. I'm going to break down Kentucky a little bit as best I can. I'm not like a basketball guru. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I'm going to do my best though. Uh, best players, players that we're going to need to watch out for, and players that uh, have excelled for them this year. We got Kevin Knox. He's their leading scorer. 
He's a six foot nine forward. Averages about 15 points a game, five rebounds. He gets, for some reason, like all the media hype, and I don't really know why. He's because um, in reality, their best player and their most important player is uh, their guard, their starting guard. His name's Shea Shea Gilgist Alexander, and I might just I might just refer to him as SAG because. I keep messing up his name every time I try to say it. Shea Gilgis Alexander. But he <clears throat> averages like 14 a game, four rebounds, five assists. And he he runs the show, man. He's an athletic six foot six guard, super well rounded, talented player. His game, he's like he's pretty raw looking. He's like a crafty playmaker. Lots of length. He's got like really deceptive quickness, you know, like that tall guy quickness. Not not quick in the traditional sense, but like he kind of glides past players with like big strides. You know what I mean? Like kind of, kind of like top of the key when he's driving. To the, he'll he'll have two big strides and he'll be at the rim, and you're like, wow, how did he get past me? But not not quick in the traditional sense. He's very good at getting to the rim. He's a good perimeter shooter. He shoots like forty two percent from three. Um, I've been trying to compare him to a player all week. And I was thinking about old, you know, old Kentucky guards, John Wall, uh, De'Aaron, what the heck's his name? I can't think of his last name, but who cares? And honestly, the the player that he reminds me of the most is Wesley Awundu. He's he's basically a a Wesley Awundu, but he's like a a good shooter and he's much faster. So that's pretty scary. He's he's a scary player, definitely. I'm going to have nightmares about him tonight. I mean, he's... I don't know. I mean, I I watched several games this week, and that's what he reminds me of the most. He's super lengthy, pretty good defender. He's basically, I mean, he's Wesley Wundu. He's just a, he's a better 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 shooter, Wesley Wundu, and he's like more athletic and faster. So that's that's basically who I would compare him to. And that begs the question: Is who is going to guard him? I don't know. Is it going to be Barry? Because in my opinion, he's their most valuable player. So initially, you would think. We're gonna stick Barry on him, but he's six six, and Barry's only six three. So, I, in my for me, that that's a problem, right? Yeah, if if that is the the responsibility Barry draws, it's gonna have to take his best defensive game of the year to keep him in check. Of his career, I would think. I mean, look, I'm not a basketball like. I, I don't know that much about basketball, but I would think that three three inches in terms of like a one-on-one matchup is going to be a significant difference, especially to a guy, an offensive guy who's super long. So I think Barry might have a hard time. I don't know if Barry's going to be able to, to recreate the type of defensive performances he's been putting in. So I would imagine that if Barry's not on, it's definitely going to be X. So X is 6'5", and that might be a better matchup. But I don't know. Are we, are we wasting? We'll probably put Barry on their six-five guard. Uh, hell, I can't remember his name. I think it's Diallo. But I don't know. Are we going to be wasting Barry's defensive ability? But I, I just don't know. We're going to find out. Yeah, I think I think Barry I, will I, probably start on him, and if it doesn't, then they might switch. If it doesn't work out, they might switch to X. But I think X X on Shea Gilgis Alexander is probably going to be a better matchup because he's got he's got that length. And I just don't know. I don't know if Barry's. I mean, Barry's a great defender, obviously, but I don't know if he's going to be able to like really keep up with that his length. I mean, he, we'll see. I don't know. 
Fact of the matter is if Dean Wade is not playing and we're going to have to start four guards, we are going to be outsized. Absolutely. And it's not even going to be worth trying to match up. We are we're I, already I outsized by far, definitely. Yes, and the, with Dean Wade or without him. Without him, someone is going to have to step up and play much taller than they are. Right. I, X is going to have to be the guy who is guarding their four spot. Regardless, and we're just wasting time talking about the height. We're not go- that's not going to be how we're going to beat them. You tell me if we're going to win this game, how do you see us doing it? I don't know. Uh, I'll get to that. Uh, talking about Dean, talking about Dean and size, that kind of brings me to my next point. They got a dark horse guy that, in the games that I watched, um, he's kind of, kind of their dark horse X factor. Similar to like, um, if we're gonna draw parallels between Kentucky and K State, we're gonna, and like in like a you know X factor type of players, Mayween is not our X factor, but when Mayween goes off, we are successful. Similar to this guy, PJ Washington. He's a six foot seven forward, and he's he is their most like he's their best and most capable post player. He's powerful. He's aggressive, and I noticed a power a pattern with him. Basically, every game that I watched, if he plays well, Kentucky's going to win. And if he doesn't, you know, they can win without him. But it was kind of a similar pattern with uh, Mac. You know, that that when he hit the magic number, we would win. So we're most importantly for him, we are desperately going to need, like, early, whether it be uh, Mac, Dean, or even uh, Levi Stockard. They're going to be huge early. They're going to have to slow him down and, like, disrupt him, not we're going to have to set the tone in the post because if he gets confident early, we're, early inside, we're going to be in serious trouble. And this is PJ Washington. We're, he's a hell of a hell of a post player. We're going to have to be really physical with him. I, I'm just sitting back and in my head, I'm trying to figure out, you know, without a superhuman performance by someone, I'm trying to come up with a scenario where we can pull this off. Basically what I'm saying is our post play – uh, Mayween is going to have to seriously establish himself early, like as as the post player of the game. Kentucky is obviously bigger than us, but they don't have that huge of a post presence. Their their best post player is PJ Washington. He's only six seven. Mac has him in terms of size. Their best player in terms of like leading scorer is Kevin Knox, and he's he's six nine, but he spins. Most of the time around the perimeter, he's not much of a force inside. He's he's going to shoot a lot of threes, and you know he's not going to challenge our post guys too much. I don't think. Now, obviously, um, it would be nice to have Dean if we can rotate Dean and Mac, and you know if we're going to have a small lineup and rotate Dean and Mac like around the five area, that's going to be that's going to be huge because we're going to need Dean to put in some minutes, but. We can, I can talk about you know Kentucky's weaknesses and how we can expose them. It's going to be tough, but uh, let's see. I, I would say as a team, weaknesses across the board, not a very good free-throw shooting team, so we should attack. We don't have that much to worry about. They shoot like 69%, which is not great. Um, they're pretty inconsistent, obviously. They're young. So we should be able to force some turnovers, but... Oh, wow, that was a really loud. Someone just honked. Scott's hanging out outside. Absolutely just blew my ears out. But anyways, specific ways to attack Kentucky. Knox, defensively. 
pretty weak. Kevin Knox, their leading scorer. Every time I watch the game, um, often lost his man in switches so much that it seemed like the team was trying to switch on Kevin Knox's guy pretty much every possession. And it, it was like it happened so often that they, they would switch to like a 2-3 zone because Knox was so – he would be getting exposed so badly. So we, we should be able to attack Kevin Knox in terms of like defensive liabilities. Also, they're pretty open to back, backdoor cuts. Um, they're a super young team, so I noticed that they get caught ball watching all the time. They switch off a lot. So if we can attack the backdoor cut – That'll be huge for us. Uh, a lot of the games that I watched, they're not great at defending the three. So hope to God, Scott, that we bring our shooting our shooting shoes. We like there's. I know there's been games this year where we've chucked a million threes, and they just didn't fall. I mean, I went to the KU game in Manhattan. I don't know how many threes we shot that game, but it seemed like fifty, and they just weren't falling. So, in my opinion, we're definitely gonna have to be hitting some threes. And lastly, um, they're a young team, so if we frustrate them early with our defensive intensity, I know it's a pattern that they kind of they kind of like to revert to. Like if they get down, they revert to just like hero ball. They lose their structure completely. They have no shape, and they just start kind of chucking stuff and get very individualistic. So that's something that we can maybe tap into, especially the fact that we're like a super defensive team with high intensity, that might be something that could happen. I mean, we'll see. And they get into a lot of foul trouble, so... I don't know. It's going to be tough, though. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that there's no chance we can sustain any sort of real foul trouble. Uh, Our depth will not match up with their depth. It would be nice to see some of their starters. If we could get Knox reaching in early, get a couple fouls on him early. That'd be massive. Uh, and I, I just think that we're going to need to play a near perfect game unless Kentucky completely collapses. If we play a game to a game, it's not going to be pretty. We're going to need to play an a game to a C game. I know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not confident. I, I feel pretty bad about this game. Um, after watching Kentucky for about, I don't know, roughly 10 or 12 games I've watched this week, and I don't feel very good about our matchup. Um, comparing them to, like, someone that we have played, I don't know. I don't even know who I would compare them to. I mean, Texas, may- Texas thing- maybe, Baylor, Texas maybe, but not. They're just they're not as long across the board, and they don't have as good of guard play. So I don't know. Um it's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be really, really tough. I mean, we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to have a blinder of a game. But I, that'll bring us to our next segment, which is going to be a staple of this amazing podcast: is key to V. What's our key to V? What are our keys to V? And I've got five of them. Are you ready to hear them? Those are a lot of keys. I hope we hit on all of them. Well, we may not, but uh, let's see. Number one, contain Shea Gilgis Alexander. We cannot let him take over because he's an absolute gamer. The dude does not miss free throws. Um, if Barry or X can contain him at all and not let him get his points, then that's going to be huge. But 
just frustrate him mostly. I, I'm hoping that we can at least, at the very least, he, he may not get his points, but frustrate him. He's averaging like 23 in this tournament. He's he's a hell of a player, but we got to frustrate him and make it very hard for him. Number two, do not let PJ Washington establish himself in the post early. Mac, whether it be Mac Dean or Levi, we got to be super physical early and disrupt him. Set the tone in the post. Number three. Just keep up our defensive intensity. That's what's got us here. We're, we got the .77 points per possession uh, allowed in the tournament. That's number one in the tournament. Keep that up. We have to just, we can't abandon, we got to do what, do what got us here, right? Disrupt them, cause turnovers. They're young, they're going to do it. Number four, and probably most important for us, protect the ball. Kentucky is kind of a nightmare defensively. They can be a nightmare defensively. They're super athletic. They're super long. Um, and they will. We turn the ball over, what, 18 times against UMBC, and they scored three points off of it? That's absolutely unacceptable in this game. Kentucky will punish us in transition, unlike UMBC. So we're going to have to be smart. Guys like Diara, or sorry, Jada. Jada, he's going to have to tighten the screws a bit. We cannot... We cannot be turning the ball over at the point guard position. And, you know, Kentucky, from what I noticed defensively, they do like to pressure. They do like to pressure the guards. Um, when they're in man-to-man, they're going to pressure us. And if they're not, they're going to be in a 2-3 zone, which is it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to penetrate because they're so long. So they're, they're okay with doing man or 2-3 zone. But they are going to pressure our guards, and we're going to have to be ready for that pressure. And last but not least, our fifth key to V, hit some damn shots, Scott. We're going to have to hit shots. The D, our defense is not going to carry us to the Elite Eight. We're on the big stage now. Offense is going to have to be efficient. We cannot be missing open shots. Um, Be big boys. We're on the big boy stage. It's time to act like big boys. We can't have an off-shooting night. Cannot have a 30% shooting night. You know, like we did against basically no. every big team this year, we're gonna have to show up. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a fifty percent shooting night. Fact of the matter is, when you look at our schedule, we don't have a marquee victory. There's no game we can point to and say replicate this, and you're going to move on to the lead eight. It's time for these guys to look themselves in the mirror and decide if they want to go off into the summer, hang the Sweet Sixteen banner or if they want to hit some shots and see what happens. God, it's so open for us. It's so open. It just seems like it just seems like it could possibly happen. It seems like how everything has fallen into place. It could be one of those insanely special years. But in terms of like uh touching on a point you just said replicating a game this year, you're right, we don't really have a marquee victory in my opinion. I don't Really, I'm not going to hold a banner high for beating TCU or Baylor or or Texas. You know, I'm just not. Uh, TCU is a good basketball team, but what did they take in our conference? But what fifth? Fifth? Yeah, we. That's not we terrible. Didn't. That's not terrible. We didn't, but but they're not. We didn't beat a top three team. We didn't. The best, probably the best one we have is that win over Creighton. When you really sit down and look at it, in my opinion, and, the best that we played this year is at Baylor. That's the best we've shot. We looked. Great. I mean, we were great defensively, and we were had a very fluid offense. Everything just kind of – and we were hitting shots. I mean, everything was going down. Dean was unreal. 
So if we were to replicate <clears throat> really any performance this year, I would say at Baylor. But this is going to be this is going to be a massive challenge. I, I mean, a major, major challenge. And that's that pretty much ends my my analysis on on Kentucky. So last one thing I did not mention, which is probably arguably the most important part about this Kentucky game is Dean Wade. Thoughts on Dean? What are we going to do about Dean? What can we expect uh, from Dean, Dean Wade? Uh, it sounds like Bruce said this mo- uh, in his media availability this morning that Dean Wade will not be a 30-minute-a-game player. He's going to play in two-minute spurts. My guess, he's going to play about 15 to 20 minutes, and it'll be either coming out of media timeouts or in stoppages leading into media timeouts. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that is good for uh, his foot getting warm. I can say this. He's been medically cleared the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. I know I, – I, I have sources inside the team that have said this has been a Dean Wade decision. This has been a pain tolerance decision. There, there is no medical reason – why he hasn't been playing, and there's no medical reason why he won't play versus Kentucky. I really hope we can see a game. This is a type of game that would be a legendary story. If Dean could find a way to play through all of this and go off for 25 and 8 on 20 minutes and take us to the Elite Eight, this is the type of stuff that legends are made of. He's the one guy who I believe could write his status into the Kansas State Stars. Oh, man. I don't know how I feel about that. He's been medically cleared. That's, that's interesting. I'm yep, hoping maybe and, uh, we can get maybe, – maybe Dean can channel a little bit of 1997 Michael Jordan. The flu you game. Know, I, Come on, Dean. Hey, well, and here's my conspiracy theory. Michael Jordan was hungover. It wasn't the flu. Probably. That's, going that's probably to, true. That's going to wrap up our Kentucky preview. Stick around for the Ask Bosco segment to hear what our predictions for this game is. All right, we're moving on to the questions. Yep. Good. Um, and what's the name of that segment, by the way? I don't know. Do you have something in mind? Because I literally well, have no I, idea. I think, the top I of think my head. you should uh, just call it by its hashtag, hashtag Ask Bosco. Oh, yeah. Bosco. Duh. Hashtag Ask Bosco. I don't know what I was thinking there. All right, we're going to start off here um, with a question from – these are Twitter questions that you guys submitted with the hashtag AskBosco uh, hashtag. We're starting off with at mmainin3. Score prediction for Thursday night. Also, what percent chance do you give the Cats of pulling off an upset? Scott, take it. Oh, boy. Um you know, score prediction, I've gone back and forth on this. I think I've settled at, I think the Kentucky Blue Cats are going to score 75 points. And I think the Purple Cats are going to score 69. I think that it You're picking an with, L. You're picking an L. Yep, I'm picking an L. And I'm also picking uh, Kentucky to cover. I saw that minus five and a half for Kentucky. You know, it might bounce around. I I think we're going to – I think we are going to end up making a run late, keeping it a little closer than maybe it feels. Uh, Percentage-wise, 
you know, the people much smarter than me over at 538 and then e- and also ESPN basketball power index, they both put it at around a 30% chance K-State wins. I'm going to rock with 30%, but I am predicting the L. That's a fair prediction, and <laughs> I have a hard time disagreeing with it, but I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I'm going to say that the Cats are going to disrupt the hell out of Kentucky. They're not going to score points like they normally do. It's going to be a close, close game. What I see here is K-State kind of kind of the early early in Bruce's K-State career, quintessential us blowing a lead late but still winning. We're going to win. It's going to be 68-65 Cats. We're going to cover, and Whew. it's going to be – we're gonna we're gonna disrupt Kentucky, all right. We're gonna we're gonna and shoot shots. We're gonna hit our shots, and we're gonna win this game. We're going to the Elite Eight, baby. I'm I'm putting you on the spot right now in front of our thousands upon thousands of listeners, hundreds if of Case, thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners. If K State beats Kentucky, are you getting in my car with me and driving? I to don't Atlanta? know yet. I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know yet. Maybe. Maybe. That, well, stay, that's it's 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 uh 50 50 at this point stay tuned i will be absolutely fired up though and i'll be ready to, i'll probably go probably stay tuned there might be a stay tuned for car cast car cast uh hashtag catlanta yep so uh stay tuned I'm, I, regardless i'm looking forward to it it's the most meaningful k-state game that has occurred since the very 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 Disastrous game versus Butler. That was sad. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I am already buzzing for it. But there are some more fun questions. So okay, next uh, question. Why don't you next question? Why don't you keep it going? From Matthew underscore D underscore Hall. More exciting run to the Sweet 16 as a fan. This one or 2010? What do you think? Uh, first sh- shout out to uh, Matt Hall. He was one of the first folks to give us a retweet on our Twitter account at Bosco Boys. Matt Hall is elite. Elite man. Uh, For me, he is very elite. And my goodness, the guy has guns for days. Do not ban guns. Big boy. Because I don't know what he would do with his arms. But let let me answer his question. Without a doubt, without a doubt and no hesitation, 2010. And let me just kind of put At this, this in point, perspective. At this point, yes, you I have to in, say 2010. Well, well, but also I was fortunate enough to be in attendance in right. Oklahoma City to see us win two games that I had a absolute ball at. Who did we I beat? Saw, well, we beat BYU in the North round Texas of 30. North Texas first round, right? North Texas? Yep, yep. Okay. BYU in the round. Of, we shut down Jimmer Fredette in the round of 32 and beat North Texas in – the opening I round, a, I, I have saw, a vivid memory of Wally Judge, a Wally Judge alley oop in that uh, BYU game. Oh yes, yep. And then I, I, I saw our good KU friends go down to UNI. I Ali, absolutely Ali fun, Fun on. fact: I met I met Jimmer Fredette uh, after he went off in that opening round game. BYU was staying in the same hotel we were at, so I met the guy, and this was before Jimmer Mania his senior year. So I was on the Jimmer wow. train before any of you. Shout but out yeah, to Jimmer. 2010. Yeah, shout out to Jimmer. Anytime you want to want to be on the pod, let us know. We'd love to have you. Jimmer, we'll see uh, you on but the yeah, next two, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but 2010, without doubt, I was able to be at those games. Uh, I, re- I remember very vividly watching the Sweet 16 versus Xavier. I was a 
tiny little baby high school senior on a choir trip in Chicago. And I remember watching that game in a hotel lobby and getting scolded by my choir director, Adam White, who was a Willie the Wildcat when he was in college, telling me to go back to my room. And I said, no, I'm going to finish watching this game. And then he sat down and said, okay, and watched it with me. So, Hey, definitely no, no, no disrespect to this Sweet 16 run. This has been a great no, no, great I, time. I, I'm loving it. And, and he, I, here's I the don't thing. disagree with you. Here's the thing. This run isn't over. 2010 is over. It ain't this over, one baby. isn't over. Beat, it ain't over, baby. Beat Kentucky. Beat Nevada. Beat Lo- uh, Loyola. I'll be in San Antonio. If we make it to the Final Four, we will have a Riverfront Riverwalk podcast. Mark it down. That would be unreal. All right. Uh, next question. This is from Gregory Hauser three. Gregory Hauser three at Gregory Hauser three. Uh, which player do you think will be remembered as Bruce's pullin out of this group? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a really tough question because I'm torn between ob- the, probably the most obvious two players, Barry and Dean. Um, it, it's probably this, well, this too is early what I'm to tell. This is what I'm going to say. It, it is 100%. I'm not torn. It is Barry Brown. Yep, that's, this that's, guy, that's, how, that's what I'm leaning towards as well. It's, it's Barry. Dean, it's Wade Barry. Is not, Dean Wade is not going to stand at midcourt, pound his chest, and exactly. scream. Dean this isn't is the personality mu- that Barry is. No, and that's, that's part of Jacob Pullen. First off, no one on this team currently holds a candle to Jacob Pullen. No. In fact, the matter, no one has a straight away. Paul, no one has that moment. No one has the no one has scoring. Yeah, yeah. No one has the personality. But the closest guy is Barry Brown. He's in he shape. No one has a, no one has an no, easy no, shape no. moment. Yes, but Barry Brown, he has the personality. But hey, they, the they have the opportunity to make it. Yes, that, right that those opportunities are still in front of them. But Barry Brown is Bruce's quote unquote pull. He's a leader. I mean, he's the leader too. I, I, I do, man. I'm like in love with Barry Brown. He's great. I love a defensive no, he, guy he, too. He, yes, I agree. I agree. The bear trap is here to stay. It's. I don't like. Earlier on, there was like that stupid comparison between Barry Brown and Jacob Bull, and it's like, why? First of all, he's why? A, They're completely different players. It makes absolutely no sense yeah, to compare the two. And, but in terms of like sentimental ability, we're not there yet. Look, you don't have to compare the two. You don't have to compare Barry Brown or Jacob Pullen. You can love them both. Jacob Pullen is the all-time leading scorer, and he's an iconic figure of the rebirth of K-State basketball. He's not ever going to be – no one's going to take over Jacob Pullen's spot, but you can still love Barry Brown. Yes, 100%. All right, next question. This is from Sabi Nation. Shout-out to my boy David. Hey, boys, long-time listener – that's uh, questionable, but love the show. <laughs> what do you think will be the biggest key if the Bruce the Brusket Cats hope to pull off the upset against Big Blue Nation? Huh. Well, we can't turn the ball over. One, we're gonna have to hit our hit our shots. It's gonna be have to be uh, offensively efficient night. You know we're going to play defense, so that doesn't even need to be spoken about. But honestly, we got to take care of the ball. We can't, we got to limit their transition points because they will absolutely crush us in transition, unlike uh, the Retrievers. And we got to hit our shots. We just got to 
play to the occasion. Be big boys. It's time to. It's time to. You want to beat Kentucky? You want to go to the Elite Eight? You got to beat Kentucky. Go for it. I, I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. It's playing to the occasion, stepping up and saying. And unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to happen. That doesn't seem to happen often. But hey, if we want to do it, let's. We got to be. We got to have an elite mentality and just go do it. That's really all. Yeah, it is. That, that, that's what's going to take. And here's the thing: those freshmen in Kentucky's locker room, they're hearing about they have the easiest path. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing playing up to the occasion. And from the tip, punching them in the mouth. Make them taste blood. I don't know if they've tasted blood in a while. And if you can deliver no, that. they're hot. <laughs> they, might, they, they, they might just crawl up. I th- I, we are not going to come back on Kentucky. So it's going to be getting up early. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the points I made earlier is that when they get down, the games that I watched um, – this past week, the games that they got down in, they just completely lost their shape. They lost their discipline. They played a ton of hero ball and started chucking some stuff and got very individual. So that's pretty much, I mean, we got to come out hot, hopefully hitting shots and definitely establish ourselves down low. We cannot let them establish themselves in the paint or we're going to be in some serious trouble. All right, next question. This is from at Jmart, J-A-Y-M-A-R-T, Jmart. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, <clears throat> this is a great question. If you're going to subscribe to a site that covers Kansas State athletics, what site would it be? And how much do you bench? Great question from Jeffrey Martin, a.k.a. Jmart. Well, you know, I don't know if I can say outright what I would do. Maybe I would uh, buy a month at uh, KSO online, maybe. Uh, might do something where they're getting the 16 weeks free for new subscribers. That might be something that I would do. Um, might That's buy an long, amazing deal, Might, by might the way. buy a year-long subscription for K-State Online, you know, hashtag tell your friends. It's just, I, I'm not going to say it outright what I would do, but that might be something that I would do. And I would probably follow Jay Martin, Matt, Matt Hall, and Grant Flanders. That's, but, you know, Derek I'm not going to – And Young. Derek Young. And, and uh, who's the other guy? Nelson? K-State Nelson? Oh yeah, Nelson. And you know what? You know what? I'm not going to say outright that I would do that, but it might be something that I would do. That's something you have to think about. It's something that I would think about doing. And you know what? There's really no other uh, K State sports site that I would pay money to. Is there? I don't even think there is the, another one. I. Uh, you know what? There might be, but it's not even i'm not i i, I, I can't i'm not they've even never even registered the time they've day. never registered on they're not anything. on my radar it's not on they're my not radar. on my radar at all but how much do you bench how much do i bench that's a good question jmart <laughs> right now right now i don't know i haven't been on the bench for a while i'm what i'm doing is i'm doing uh i'm doing dumbbell bench so i'm doing about 75s with dumbbell i don't know what that translates it's not to bad. but it's pretty it's, that's 150. I know, but that's it's it's a lot more when you go onto the bench press, at least in my experience. So I'm a lot stronger when I go onto the bench press, or I sound a lot stronger when I go on the bench press. Probably my peak bench press is like 195. That's that's the strongest I've been in the last two years was benching, was 195 repping. I've never maxed out, so I don't know, but doing just like a normal workout with 195 
but I haven't I haven't bench pressed for a while. I'm just on the I'm just on the uh, the dumbbells. How much I I'd, I'm gonna have to ask how much Jmart benches. How much do you bench, Scott? Do you have any idea? Well, uh, first off, if I was going to subscribe to a site, I agree with everything you said. I think if you're paying for a subscription, there's only there's only one option. That's K State Online. Uh, you know, I, I would love to get some of those guys on our pod one day. You know, if you talked about look, guests, they're gonna, look, love... look, they're going to be on the pod. I mean, let's let's be honest. They're going to be on the damn pod. I, I really, I hope so. I I hope maybe we get big enough that there's some crossover episodes. Who knows? Maybe one day they'll post our pod on their site. I don't we can know. Hope. It's dreams. <laughs> Everyone can dream. Uh, bench wise. <laughs> Back in my absolute, you know, everyone knows. Hashtag tell your friends. Hashtag tell your friends. Uh, K State Online. Hashtag tell your friends. Check out our friends at KSO uh, Bench. In my absolute prime, back in for my me, my prime lifting days was back in the good old Washburn Rule football weightlifting yeah. program go days. Blues, junior Blues and go Junior. Shout out to the old high school. Um, the best i maxed out was the summer in between my junior and senior year and back in the day i did max out at 265 on bench uh right now if you told me your life depended on it i could probably get 185 but i i would be very nervous i think that i could probably I don't know. In terms of like maxing out, I don't know what the hell I'm doing now, but if I were to hop on a bench right now and do like you know, three sets of ten, I'd probably do like one sixty five. I don't know. But well, moving on. Stay tuned. Bench pressing stay tuned. is stay tuned. extremely important and street <laughs> extremely important to this podcast and we will we'll probably touch on it again. Next question, uh, from Johnny underscore Appleseed. Um which Brusket Cats player best encapsulates each member of the Go- Bosco Boys and why? I'll let you take So this I'm one. gonna Yeah, well So I'm, what we're doing I'm is going you're to... gonna speak for me. And I'm gonna speak yes, for you. I'm gonna tell from oh, my opinion, the person, the brusket cat that best encapsulates my buddy, my third cousin, twice removed, whatever, Grant <laughs> underscore KSU is Cartier. Hashtag Jada. fam. Hashtag fam. Hashtag fam. You Jada? Cardi wow, you're B giving K- me you're giving me Cardi B or yes. Cardi D. That's unreal. Yes. Cardi I feel D, extremely so. blessed. Well, you should. I, I think very highly of you. You know, you are a creative man. You make things happen. You know, on the surface, you don't always show emotion. But once you get past that initial layer, you get all sorts of personality. If you go back and see Cardi do his little video with Holly Rowe talking about his ballet life, it, it, it just shows what type of personality this guy has. And someone who is super raw he has the potential to set the world on fire. And that's what I think of you as a podcast co-host. So wow, that's I huge. I appreciate that. That's a, I, that's a massive, uh, massive compliment. I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you the honor of representing Barry Brown, hashtag bear trap. Um, Whoa. Because <laughs> I don't know about that, man. You're, you're an aggressive leader. You're, you're a loud mouth, aggressive leader. And you've got that, you've got that big personality. <laughs> Just like Verity has, he he took over the program, and he said, "This is mine. This is mine, and I'm going to lead this program." And that's that's just kind of how I see you. You've got that. You, you don't really have that. Like uh, nothing's holding you back. You know. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? You're you're kind of like the yeah. 
the 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 big time personality in this podcast. Like Barry Brown is a big time personality think, in our team. I don't think anyone has ever I don't think anyone's been this nice to me since my birthday where everyone has to lie to you. So I I'm honored. Well it's I, a good I'm thing honored. that we're we have to do this. We're we're hosting a podcast together, so we probably should be nice to each other. All right, next question. That's true. From at J Lenher nine. J L E N H E R R nine. Will Thursday be the game that we look back on as the beginning of the legend that is Mayween the Dream? Hashtag Mayween the Dream. I'll let you just take so, this one. Yeah, so I was I was in attendance for the K State KU Big Twelve tournament game, and even a losing effort, I don't think you can say any other game except for that one that started the legend. That was the He's, beginning of the Ma- of he, Mac Mac yes, Attack. The Mac Attack Mayween the Dream. He still has two years of eligibility. I think by the time he leaves, we might be talking about him as being one of the best post players in the modern era of K-State basketball. Mm-hmm. I think everyone will look back. I don't to disagree. That I don't disagree. He's going he's gonna to surpass at least uh, – he's going to be better than Jamar Samuels. I don't know if he's going to be better than Curtis because Curtis just had an absolutely – smooth stroke he was a great shooter he, but i don't i think if you look be at the i think already he's he's going to be better than jim r samuels that's my opinion if you if you look at the advanced stats he's already approaching that curtis kelly level so i think i guess he does have years, a pretty good min range doesn't he i think if you if you if you give him two more years i i, I think may wean the dream may be one of those guys that you look back at and tell your kids hey we had this guy junior college transfer he was there for three years. He really made a difference. I think I – think, and you're going to look back at that KU game. All that being said, I would love it if Thursday became the narrative. <clears throat> yeah. If he, if, well, if he went answer, off on thir- – Answer the question is technically no. Thursday is not going to be the beginning because he's already established himself. He dropped basically 30 against KU in the semis, but – he has a real chance to establish himself against Kentucky. And we're really going to need him. So if he's going to play a big game, then that's going to add to the, his narrative of the narrative of hashtag may win the dream. May win the dream. All right. Next question from uh, at John Erskine. X or Dom, who are you taking? So and that's, and that's Xavier Sneed or Dominique Sutton. X or Dom, who are you taking? I'm taking. Xavier Sneed, I think he has he's more polished on offense. I think he will end up spending his whole career at K State. Who knows what Dom could have turned into if he spent all four years? But I think yeah. he can. That was a I, huge. I think when it's that, all, that was a huge loss for us, by the way. That that was one of the frank that departures that huge. hurt me the most. Yeah. Hurt, it hurt my soul. But I think when when he Xavier was was Sneed, he he was in Pol- was he in Poland's class. I believe so. So he would have been a senior when during that year where we absolutely bottled our preseason number three ranking. So huging, or, or sorry, losing Denny. I was thinking about this the other day. Talking, there was a pretty good uh, K State Twitter thread yesterday, talking about you know the 2011 season and how we kind of uh, didn't live up to our hype. I had a point where you know we lost Denny and that was huge for us. But thinking about it now, losing. Uh, Sutton may have been even bigger. I mean, he was so big for us defensively. I didn't even think about that until like right now. 
Yeah, I think I think when it's all said and done, X can X for sure come just as good of a defender. He is already almost as explosive, if not more. Plus, he has more tools in his offensive tool belt. They're so similar. Now that I think about it, six five, both athletic as hell. Both wear headbands, by the way. That's not something that we should overlook. Bring, they both love to wear bring headbands. back the headbands. Bring They're very similar, but you know what? I'm taking Snead because I think he's going to be here for four years and he's going to be an offensive player. And that's that's just I'm taking X all day. I I just want to throw this out there: if Xavier Snead comes around and starts shooting 45 percent from three next year, next year will be his last year. He is the type of guy he's going to the NBA. I believe I believe he can be an NBA guy. I think that it, the first great year he has at K-State, whether it be his junior year or senior year, he becomes a borderline first-round draft pick. Now he's going to the NBA for sure. All right, next question. This is from S.L. Keck. S-L-K-E-C-K. My, my favorite question. My favorite question. What type of candy does Bruce give out for Halloween? It is the – any answer you say, that's fine. It's going to be wrong. Yeah. Bruce Weber hands out – the mini-sized dots on Halloween. Wow. I feel like you've badly disrespected Bruce here. No, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing about Bruce. You, Your initial takeaway, when you get those dots, or what is this crap? Next door, they're handing out Reese's Pieces. But when you get home and, and you're tired of plowing through all that chocolate candy... All of a sudden, about Bruce halfway has that your nice basket, fruity. He has that nice fruity alternative. It's a change of pace, and all of a sudden, a as point. you are, you break open those dots, and you didn't think you were going to love them, and it took a while, but you really appreciate them. Is it your favorite? No, 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 no not your favorite. But damn it, you appreciate them, and you start looking in your basket for another box of dots. My answer is that Bruce spent so long prepping for the night of Halloween that he bought too much candy and he accidentally <laughs> fell asleep before putting out his bowl. He worked oh, himself no. up too much that he didn't, he fell asleep before he could create his bowl. He bought too much candy because he did so much prep work. All right, wow. next question. <laughs> and last question of the pod Ooh. from at S Poiser 12. That's S P O Y S E R 12. Who is the most adorable cat in recent memory? And we're gonna set a, we're gonna set, I guess a, what's the word I'm looking for? Ten, ten, a decade, last decade. Yeah, last that's gonna decade. be our parameters. Last decade. Um, look, I mean, it's Jacob Pullen, obviously. He's adorable. I love Jacob Pullen. He's the most elite basketball player of my time at K State. But uh, just for fun, we can talk about a couple other guys that trigger our our emotions uh i'll, I'll so throw it over I, to you here's what a hot think? take here's the hot take jacob poland does not crack my top five really okay that's the fair. adorable cats the adorable cats i will always always think curtis kelly's to gotta be my, in there right no curtis, no if you think that's we have weird. so that's many weird. adorable players that's true this not is, a thing about this it. is yeah, that's true this is this is where i am I immediately think of Michael Beasley. He, he was came in a child. And it, 
I love you, iPod. I love him. Yeah, those, he was great. Those videos, <laughs> if you are listening, pause the podcast. Go find the Michael Beasley I Love You iPod videos on YouTube. I think it was the old K-State Royal Purple yearbook Damn. account. That is that is what brought us the adorable cats. He was so definitely he is, number one. I mean, in terms of adorable he, cats. He literally said we were going to beat KU in Africa. You can't top that. Yeah, you, you cannot top that. My number two, Angel Rodriguez. Hey, Rod. He did nice. not. He didn't, he didn't finish here. He... I forget uh, about him. You know, he went off to Miami, but he played. He always had a smile, and his bromance with my next guy takes over the top. Him and Jamar Samuels. Jam I don't Sam. think there has ever been a more adorable, a better bromance on the K State roster. My n- my next guy, my next guy, Shane Southwell. When he Will Smith was playing, he Will Smith, the uh, the fresh prince of Manhattan, yeah. the gifts, his air guns versus Virginia Tech, that smile, the little <laughs> look he gave when we beat KU before the court got rushed, it is tough to top that. And then number five, and this is my most controversial one, and I expect a little blowback on Twitter after people listen to this, Javon Thomas. He had a very short career, but he looked he looked like a child out there. He played with the joy that I he smiled. Think. He was a smiley boy. He smiled. He was always happy. And here's the thing. He played the game like you do while you're playing YMCA just playing the game. He was always happy to be out there. He could be getting pulled for missing another layup. He could be getting chewed out by Chester Frazier. He could be scoring double digits in Allen Fieldhouse in his first Big 12 game. He did it with a smile, and he was a happy camper. I want nothing but the best for Javon Thomas. And if you're listening to this pod, Javon, you can come on Bosco's Boys anytime. Javon, we will see you on the pod. I'm going to do a sixth man um, shout-out or honorable mention for uh, Adora Cats. Nino Williams. That man deserves some respect. (laughs) He was a cute, cute boy. He He loved to smile, and you know what? He... Honestly, carried the team a bit in his senior year. Got no respect, in my opinion. Four star, hell of a player. Underclassman, we also let him down in his senior year, but he was he was I, good. I, I felt I for disagree, him. But before we wrap up this hashtag Ask Bosco segment, some honorable mentions: Martavius Irving. Oh, Tunnel Tay! Wins. How could I forget about Tay, the dancer? Unreal. Curtis. Curtis Kelly, you already mentioned him. J.O., he would beat boxing, oh my having God. the time of his life. Wow, everyone that uh, you just mentioned are actually, that's my top three, like, easily. No joke. J.O. Yeah. and Tim. Yeah, it, How could you, those are, like, yeah, it, the biggest personalities of that entire, like, uh, uh, culture of, that was, like, they were K-State culture. I, I'm not kidding with they you. They created the While K-State I, basketball, like, tradition, basically, in my opinion, in my life. When I think about like, best K State traditions, <laughs> it's it's when we had the tunnel, the tunnel dance, dance. And it was Tay, and I, I can't it. believe that we like didn't uh, keep that going because that was that was a great tradition. We should have kept it going, but you know what can you do? Yep. So that's, that's gonna, gonna wrap, wrap up, up our yeah. That's gonna wrap up Ask Bosco. Um, but gonna, I but guess... we have we have one fun reoccurring segment that it may not be every week, but when the time calls. We're gonna we're gonna break it out. We have to put someone in the doghouse. 
Somebody's so, going into the doghouse every. Yes, it's not every week, but you well, know what? They're going in right now. What? When, my very good friend at Kellis Robinette, the beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Great. Beat he writer. did not submit. No, a no. Wichita great Eagle. beat. Wichita. No, both. It's both. He writes for KC Star. Yes. I did not know that. I admit that I did not know. You that. must never shout you must out to never Kellis Robinette. His links. So uh, Kellis is going into our our doghouse, assuming since he didn't ask a question, I'm assuming he's not listening to this amazing podcast. So everyone who has made it this far, what I'm asking you to do is put Kellis Robinette in the doghouse. And what this means is you are going to tweet at him. You do not mention this pod. Do not mention the doghouse. And you ask him, why does he wear socks with sandals? Ask is that why. true? I don't know. I don't know if it's true, but I want you to flood his mentions, and I want him to try to figure out why are these thousands of people, hundreds of thousands, asking practically hundreds of thousands, practically dozens of us, <laughs> asking why he wears socks with sandals. Yeah. But whatever you do, do not mention the doghouse, do not mention me, and do not mention this pod. And that's at Kellis Robinette, K E L L. I S R O B I N E T T, Kellis Robinette. And, ma- and make sure you flood his inbox with it, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if he learned his lesson. All right, Scott, I'm gonna end this segment. All right, that's basically just gonna conclude all of our segments on the podcast. Um, this has been a ton of fun. It's been great. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. Um, sorry for the length. We don't really, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing in terms of uh, timing of segments. So this might have run a little bit long. We're probably going to shoot for like an hour most times, but this one we probably went quite a bit over. <clears throat> yeah, keep in mind, you know, we're we're just two guys trying to have fun. It's not professional, but you know, if you if you ride along with us on this journey, I promise you, it is going to get better. But we're going to have fun every single episode. It's going to be great. We're going to get some high-profile guests. I mean, I'm literally like fairly buzzed right now. I haven't eaten in uh, 12 hours, and I've just been drinking this super heavy beer. So I think I've done a pretty good job on my first podcast. Let's do some shout-outs. Uh, Double Shift. Yep. For Shout-out to Double Shift. Our, our uh, featured beer of the night, Double Shift Brewery. It's down in a Crossroads area. It's really great. They have some pretty awesome beers. They're always doing some fun experiments. Um, also, shout out to KSO, in my opinion. Follow those guys, Matt Hall, Jeffrey Martin, uh, Derek Young, Grant Flanders, and uh, also that Nelson guy. Don't really know his handle. Sorry, <laughs> Nelson. But uh, subscribe, KSO. Hashtag tell your friends. They're great. It's probably the best um, best K-State uh, content that you're going to get right now. Speaking of subscribing, for all you iTunes users, Please subscribe, rate, and review. Please do it for us. It's great. Bosco's Boys, like, subscribe. Give us a five-star review, hey, if you want to. Also, don't forget to uh, tweet at Kellis Robinette. He's in the doghouse, folks. Ask him why he has sandals with socks. Or socks with sandals? Is that right? Socks with sandals. Either one, he'll get the mention. Flood him. Flood Kellis. He's in the the doghouse. Do not mention us or the doghouse to him. Make it a secret. Put them in the doghouse. It's been really fun, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you come back. Uh, Go Cats. Let's beat Kentucky, all right? Let's go to the Elite Eight. Yep. Let's go to the Elite Eight. Make sure to follow the Twitter account, at Bosco's Boys. 
at Scott Wildcat and at Grant underscore KSU. Yes, give us some follows. Thanks for listening. We hope to we hope to have you on board again, guys. All right, go Bye. Cats. Bye. Go. Sports Social Podcast Network.